I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the fiery phenom, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? How soon can we go in on this? Because I'm ready. I, I literally texted you. I was out walking and getting my exercise in, playing with my son outside, and the news came across my phone that Brandy Ingram one most improved player, and I immediately texted you. I said, when can you record? I'm ready. And, uh, yeah, here we are. So I just came straight from in, straight from outside. I am hot. I am ready to go on this because this is one of the more dumb award picks I've seen in the past few years. He is hot both literally and physically. He is sweating profusely in front of me. Isaac is ready to go. This is as close to an emergency pod during the offseason as, as we will have probably for the next couple of weeks, depending on when free agency starts, when the draft happens, all that kind of stuff. So on today's show, obviously... We're going to talk about most improved player, Luca. Was he snubbed? We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Isaac, I'm sure, has opinions on this. We're also going to ask some big questions of the Mavericks. What big questions were answered by the Mavericks in the bubble and in the playoffs? And what questions are still looming? We have some huge ones that we need to answer and need to talk about, about the future of this Mavericks team. So we'll talk all about that coming up. But before we get to those questions, Isaac Harris. Luka Doncic came in third in most improved. The voting came out on Monday. And Brandon Ingram won most improved. He got 42 first place votes, 35 second place votes, 11 third place votes. Total of 326 points. Bam Adebayo came in second. He got 38 first place votes. So just four first place votes between, you know, Brandon Ingram and Bam Adebayo. Not a big difference there. 30 second place votes and 15 third place votes for a total of 295 points. That They were really close. I mean, they were, what, 31 points? difference between the two of them that is a really really close race and then in third place Luca got 12 first place votes 12 smart people 10 second place votes kind of smart people and then 11 third place votes for 101 points which absolutely makes no sense because you'd think all the rest of the votes would go to third place but they didn't uh Jason Tatum actually got more third place votes than Luca which makes I don't know zero sense like absolutely no sense to me that's where I got frustrated I was like if you're not going to vote him for for number one for me I understand that but if you're not going to just you're not going to vote for him at all you're just going to completely leave him off the ballot and you're going to vote for who are the names on here Duncan Robinson got a vote Spencer Dinwiddie Markel Fultz Jalen Brown Davis Bertans Fred Van Vliet Trey Young I guess I can understand uh, Christian Wood Pascal Siakam uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and Devontae Graham. You know, a lot of those you can understand, but if you're just not, you're gonna vote for Jason Tatum or somebody over Luca, I mean, I, I don't understand not voting him even third place, right? There's a whole bunch of voters that just completely left him off. He got a total of what is that, 33 votes out of you know however many like 80 or something votes that they ended up coming up with. I mean, that doesn't make any sense that you know like 50 people just completely left him off of a ballot. Where to start? So, a few weeks ago, people who are still into baseball, which I guess there are some people out there, but the big thing going around social media was about unwritten rules. Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis, which I remember when uh, Tatis' dad played, I think third base for the Cardinals. I could be wrong, but what was his name? Baseball. I just said Fernando Tatis. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's like, if he's junior, then... Um, <laughs> that was a joke. But he hits his grand slam. It's his whole thing, unwritten rules. It was basically like the baseball equivalent of dunking, you know, when you're up by 20 and you dunk it at the end of the game, whatever it is. He hits this, and everybody's in an uproar on Twitter about how, hey, it's unwritten rules, like bashing these unwritten rules of baseball, saying these are stupid, why we even have these, it's part of the game, it's just fun, whatever. Well, you know what a dumb unwritten rule for basketball is and for the NBA? This dumb mindset that you can't win the most improved player award because it's your second year and because you're a top five pick. Where the heck is Marvin Bagley, okay? Where's he at? He's a top five pick two years ago, but no, he sucks. So we just write that off that, oh, okay, well, it's expected. So Luca goes into year two. Not like, I can't even under, like describe the jump that Luca made. And I can't get on board with the, I've had, I've obviously been tweeting my emotions through this, which is never a good thing to tweet, tweet through, through emotions. It, and, you know, some Mavs fans are coming at me and some Luka fans are like, hey, we're, we're bigger than this award. It's about the MVP. Luka didn't even want the award anyway. Well, what award does Luka even want besides the NBA, like the championship trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy? You honestly think Luka's going to set up there next season and say, you know what, I want the MVP? No, because he's not like that. He's a team-oriented player. He, he, he doesn't operate on individual awards. So don't come at me with the whole most, he doesn't want the award, so who cares if he gets it? No, it's because Luka had an historic season a historic jump from a non-all-star to a legit top five MVP player. Like, nobody makes that type of jump. And that whole, like, we're above that award, that's bullcrap because Luka, that's not a normal jump, and Luka deserves to be recognized for that type of jump. So, don't, hey... Shout out to all the people who are coming at me right now saying Luca's above this award. Holler at me whenever LeBron gets guard first team All NBA and Luca doesn't make a Ford over uh, or doesn't make a guard over LeBron or James Harden for first team and he can make second team All NBA and then Twitter's an uproar over that. Let me holler at me then because my comeback to you is going to be like, hey guys, all he cares about is MVP. So who cares about these awards? We're over all the other awards besides MVP. So get off me on that. Luca deserves to be most approved player. No doubt. Congrats, Brandon Ingram. I'm glad you have five more points per game. You left the bubble early. You caught some fish. That's awesome. Get out of here. Is the Pelicans playing on TV right now? Do they have a playoff game? No, they didn't even make it. I think their replay is playing on NBA TV right now. Yeah, you're... <laughs> Get out of here. Luka Doncic got 12 first place votes. Brandon Ingram got 42. And Bam Adebayo got 38. Bam Adebayo, I mean, I guess. The thing about Bam Adebayo is... We've gone over this. He played so many more minutes. I mean, his was all just about, you know, uh, like playing more, right? Like he, a lot of his production was tied to, you know, the, the amount of minutes he got. And so we think that he got better. But people were clamoring about Bam Adebayo the year before, too. Uh, and Brandon Ingram, his his improvement was like pretty good, but it kind of tapered off towards the end there. And then when they brought in Zion Williamson, it kind of – he wasn't as good of a player. And obviously – they voted before the bubble. So they voted for all these awards before the bubble games. Yeah. I think that this award, had it been voted after the bubble, would be so different, right? Brandon Ingram would be third. Luca would be first. I think that the the results in the bubble, Luca's play in the playoffs, and Luca's play in the seeding games against Brandon Ingram's play in the non-playoffs and in the seeding games, proves your point that Luca t- totally should have won this award. If anybody voted for Luca, they were uh, you know their their pick was, you know, validated with the play Luca gave, you know, in the bubble and then in the seeding games and the playoffs as well. But you just look at counting stats too that 
I mean, you post like ESPN posted these stats for Brandon Ingram. Like, hey, look at look at the you know improvement. He went from eighteen point three points per game to twenty three point eight. Well, congrats, Luca went from twenty one to twenty nine. Uh, Brandon Ingram, man, look at this huge, huge improvement in rebounds. Ingram had five point one rebounds per game last year. Get ready, he increased it to six point one. That's incredible. One rebound more per game by Brandon Ingram this year. That's a huge improvement. Luca upgraded his rebounds by a rebound and a half. He also had a better assist. And then where, let me just, I'll give it to Brandon Ingram. He shot a better three-point percentage. I win you the award, guys. I, I'm so happy. Let's present the award now. He has a better three-point percentage. Uh, but anyway, Luca improved his field goal percentage from 42 46%. It's just, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous that the idea, I hate that this idea that because you're a top five pick, because it's your second year, it gets looked down about. Because Brandon Ingram, it's it's his fourth year. Yeah, and and now, he was a number two pick too. I know. I'm like, how many how many of these top picks do we have to look at and say, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's like, okay, if Markel Fultz comes out next year and has an insane year and makes a first like a, his first all-star team in the East, playing for the Magic, kills it, they're a you know, good team next year. Should he be considered for most approved? I think he should. But no, we're going to sit back and say, well, he was the top overall pick in the draft, so this is what you're supposed to do when you're the top. Get out of here with that bull crap. Like, I get that you're supposed to improve, but not this much. How many players in their second season in the league, with the first season being no non-all-star, and 33 wins, and your team is a lottery team, and then in year two, you're legitimately in the MVP conversation, and your team is in the playoffs, a 10-win difference, there, you and you, you led, historically, statistically, the best offense in NBA history, but yet, it's your second year. Get out of here. Congrats to Brandon Ingram. I, I, he, y'all think that I was bad about Trey Young? Get ready. Get ready for this podcast of of the the low shade jokes that are going to be going Brandon Ingram's way because he he wins this award. And I, I, I yeah, Luca deserves this award. This award, whether he wanted it or not, whether he wanted it or not, should not be factored into this equation at all because he deserves it. It's not I. Simon, what did what did Dirk say when he won the MVP and they got put out against the Warriors? He was so upset about it. He was embarrassed about it. You don't think Dirk would trade that MVP in a heartbeat for the for the uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy? Hands down. It's get out of here. Coming up, answering some big questions, talking about this Mavericks team, the future of this Mavericks team. Everything you need to know about the Mavericks offseason we're going to get to coming up. But before we do, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, there's so many out there, it's now impossible to stock every single part that you would need. So if you need a specific part, you go to a store, you're going to find maybe one version of that part. But on rockauto.com, you're going to find every single version of that part, every single make and model that you'll need for every single car that you could possibly have out there. All the different kinds of makes and models. You're going to have that at rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. All the options. They have everything that you need, and their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car, the brand specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you again 
can. Write in Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box? Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Woo! That was some great fiery Isaac. I'm sorry. I no, I there's things that trigger me, and this thing triggered me so bad because it. I thought it was a no-brainer, and I hate when, especially the guy on your team, gets shafted like this. And I know a lot of Mavs fans are just like, "Hey, who cares? MVP, whatever." But holler at me in a few years when, or next year, when he's legitimately could be a front runner for MVP, and he's sitting there in media things saying, "Hey, I just want to win. I don't care about the MVP." All y'all gonna be really pissed if he doesn't get that MVP award. But hey, Luca doesn't want it, guys. So anyway, <laughs> I could go all day. So it's some good fiery Isaac. We love it. We yeah. love it. All right, let's answer some big questions for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, First one: City jersey sucked. <laughs> oh, okay. We didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what how, what direction questions we were, going. we were still wondering going into the playoffs. These are these are questions oh, okay, that we okay, didn't okay. know the answer to. Can Luca go up a level in the playoffs? I think that was a question, and mm. I mean that was answered. I mean that was absolutely answered. Luca went up even more of a level. We just talked about how you know Luca's play validated all the people that voted for him for most improved player. I mean, if anybody had any takes about Luca before the playoffs, completely validated all of them. Yeah, that you know I put it on on mine. There's so many things about Luca you could talk about as far as big questions answered for this year or going into the playoffs, but that was the looming one that we knew as Mavs fans how good Luca was. And when he had this type of season and it made this type of big jump, it's like, okay, like we knew he's good last year, but when he propels, like, can he going into the season? One of my biggest questions was, okay, Luca's really good, but can he be Kawhi LeBron top five player good? That's that was my wonder. Is he gonna would he cap out at like a Damian Lillard, you know, that level of like top 10, top 15 type player, or could it be a true top five player with Kawhi and LeBron? And man, I think he's proved every bit of that this playoffs in this season, and that was huge. And on top of that, it's the playoffs that hey, can Luca after an incredible season like this, can he take it up to the net next notch in the playoffs, which is just already crazy to even think about. And he did that, absolutely. So that's huge, huge question answered. Yeah, and that is a question that I think a lot of us watching Luca day-to-day thought that, oh, yeah, he's going to be able to take it up another level. But it's still a question, right? It's different. It's a different stage. It's a different atmosphere, yeah. even without the fans. That's, that's not the atmosphere I'm talking about. It's playing a team six times in a row, right? That just never happens in the NBA until the playoffs. Playing against a team like the Clippers that are going to throw a defense out there where they're going to trap him, where they're going to put Kawhi on him. They're going to put Marcus Morris on him, who's going to beat the mess out of him. They're going to put Paul George on him at times. You know, They're just going to throw all these different defenders at him to try and see what he's going to do. And Luka... I mean, he proved everybody that had any doubts about him wrong completely. I think that one's the easiest one that got answered and one that we think is obvious, but maybe a lot of people outside of the Mavericks fans and outside of Mavericks media didn't really know the answer to. And their eyes were pretty much open, too. Yeah, it's the you said it right. I mean, it's the six games in a row part. That's the thing. It's like, hey, Luka, I'm confident going with Luka going against any team one time. But will a team, especially like the Clippers, will they come up with a game plan? To you know, not really just stop, but like rattle and just shake up a second-year player. It's his first playoff series ever. No matter, we know his whole history in Europe and all the big games he's played, and we had the utmost confidence. I get that, 
but that you still had that in the back of your mind and you don't have that in the back of your mind anymore. And some of that was the physicality too, right? All the Marcus Morris crap, all the, you know, yeah. Montrez Harrell crap, you know, all that stuff, the physicality of the game, you know, bumping up against Kawhi and pushing him off his spot, pushing Zubach off his spot, like all those things. He stepped up in the physicality and the toughness level too. Carlisle said he's the toughest player he's ever seen in 36 years around the league. That was that was huge, yeah. right? He's played with some really tough dudes in the NBA. He coached, I mean, he coached during the mouths of the palace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like talk about, you know, toughness with, with Meta World Peace, Steven Jackson, and, you know, he coached against Ben Wallace. He coached Ben Wallace in Detroit, possibly, maybe. I don't know if they crossed over, but he, he coached a bunch of dudes. But Luca's one of the toughest he's ever seen in the NBA. That was huge as well. I think the toughness factor especially after you know the last dance where they made that huge section about, well, Jordan got really beat up in the playoffs, and the next year he comes yeah. back with the strength. I think Luka showed that that, that you know physicality didn't, didn't bother him as much. Now, the rules are different now than they were back when Jordan played, but I think the, the toughness was not something we have a question about anymore. The next question I think that the Mavericks did answer, can Kristaps Porzingis be the number two? The answer is if he's available, he can be, Absolutely. It's still a big question if he's going to be available. And I know, you know, a meniscus, you know, a lateral meniscus tear and all that kind of stuff is concerning. We're concerned about the knees. You know, he's had problems with both of his knees now. We're very concerned about that. But when he's available and even with the tear, right, like he played, you know, basically game one, two and three with that tear and still put up huge numbers. He can be that number two option for the Mavs. Yeah. You know, that's that was the second thing I had on my list. I said, can Luca and KP work? I think going into this season, that was, you know, maybe, which is, it sounds dumb to ask because you're like, hey, Luca is this playmaking guy. You feel like he can fit with anybody. KP is a stretch five on paper. This is a perfect fit. You still want to see it. Yeah. When you put two cornerstone young pieces together, it's still a question that team chemistry wise, on the court, everything, can they work? And I agree. I, I think they, I think this has been answered. They can work and they can work at a high level. It sucks that I think one of the I'll go ahead and kind of spoil one of my other ones is can because uh, this kind of goes to together of questions not answered is can they can they work in the clutch in the playoffs when it matters most and we didn't get to see that because you know we've talked about in this pod that they played four minutes together in the fourth quarter in six playoff games total and four minutes total I don't think we total. can I don't think we can understate that number I keep bringing it up every time I tweet about the Clippers and like Marcus Morris said oh cry me to Luca he's like cry me a river no, clips in six on on Instagram and I was like oh yeah you beat a seventh seed where their two star players played four total minutes together in the fourth quarters in all six of these games not not average total four minutes yeah. total I mean this Clippers team did not see Mavericks at full strength and uh, yeah, I think that that's that's still to be seen because they were bad all season in the in clutch during the regular season. Yeah. So anyway, KP had had a great season, and you know once he got playing pretty good, that the last what was it twenty one games before the hiatus, uh, whatever that stretch was. I mean, he had in, insane averages. Uh, I mean, definitely it was like over twenty and ten a game and shooting percentages. He was on a roll and everything. So that. They can work. Everything's about the availability. I'm sure we'll talk about, about that in a second. But yes, Luca and KP working definitely was a question answered this year. Those are huge things. Another big question, I think, coming into the playoffs and even into the seeding games, because we were trying to, you know, see, all right, can the Mavericks avoid the Clippers? <laughs> you know, but with the Clippers, you know, we said that, all right, if you play the Clippers, then you know 
can you hang with a team like the Clippers? And I think the answer is maybe. I just I just don't know. Like the Mavericks hung with them. They won two games against them where Paul George was terrible, where you know Montrose Harrell didn't play very much the beginning of the of the couple games. You know, Patrick Beverly didn't play. I think we kind of answered this question. The Mavericks can hang with a team like the Clippers, right? I don't know if they can yeah. hang with a team that's as good as as that team right now. And I think that's, you know, we under, we knew that. I think we knew that they weren't going to be able to, you know, beat a team like that. But the fact that they got to a, the point that they did, you know, says, all right, maybe this team as currently constructed can hang with a team like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think... I mean, I think the biggest question coming out of that playoff series that a lot of people have on their minds and they want to argue about is, okay, well, what if we had Luke and KP healthy for that whole series? What would it look like? And, yeah. I mean, we don't know. I mean, you want to say, just naturally say, yeah, that Mavericks would have had every bit of a shot to win that series in seven games. So I think they definitely proved that they could they could hang with any team in the league if both of them are on the floor and healthy. I also question how much the Clippers competed. I mean, they just did not look like they were competing. They looked like they really, especially, you know, they blew the Mavericks out in game five, right? That was the game where they just, they were like joking on the bench and they were making the, you know, the dramatic, you know, fall downs when when Michael Kidd Gilchrist would shoot and stuff like that. I don't know how seriously they took this Mavericks team. And so I think the Mavericks stole two of those games, but they definitely went in one game too, for sure. Um, So yeah, I, I have questions about that too as well, but. It doesn't take away from the fact that this Mavericks team is, you know, it's it's building towards something. This is not a fully formed Mavericks team. Next year, it could be a completely different story, right, depending on what this team looks like. For sure. And I only have one more question that they answered, unless you have more. No, that was it. Okay, I have one smaller one. Can KP work at the five in this offense? And once again, I know it's a thing where, like, hey, we knew it was going to happen. We thought it would work. But I think that was answered, too. I think it... Now, what his role looks like moving forward as far as like health-wise and how they want to do something with that, that's one thing. But KP at the five with Luka running the point, deadly. So, yes, question answered for how this team could look going forward. Those are the questions that the Mavericks have answered. Coming up, we'll talk about all the questions the Mavericks have not answered and what to do about those coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, a couple questions the Mavericks have not answered. To me, I think a question going into the bubble and going into the playoffs was, what is the Mavericks defense going to rely on? And it really relied on the Clippers just missing shots. <laughs> I think it really they really relied on that and played the averages a little bit. And they need to shore up that defense. The defense just it has to be better. You're not going to be able to win games when you're, you know, like if the Mavericks didn't score 130 points, they weren't going to win a game. They weren't going to win a game against the Clippers. So, uh we we didn't learn enough about the defense and or we I think we learned enough about the defense. It just needs to get better, right? Like that that question yeah. was kind of answered, but it's it the the question that hasn't been answered is how will they make it better? And I think it's a personnel thing and not a coaching thing. I mean Jamal Jamal Mosley is highly respected around the league. He helps out with Team USA stuff. Rick Carlisle praises him all the time. He's the defensive guy for the team. He thankfully didn't get hired by the Knicks. For, <laughs> yes. For his sake. Yes. <laughs> for his sake. And, you know, we love him. And, you know, he's over the defense. And I, it's not a him thing. It's a player thing. And one of my big questions that goes with that is, you know, which pieces are here to stay? Yeah, that and was my next I, one. I, I think that's one of the, the bigger questions they have to ask this offseason is, you know, you have KP and Luka. But after that, which pieces are actually not cornerstone pieces, but we need like a different, a different term for them. 
um, foundational. That, I don't know. Uh, my, yeah. my question was who can play in a playoff series, right? Cause there's a lot of these young Mavericks and we were going to find out who can actually step up and play in a playoff series. And I think we learned Luca and Porzingis, obviously. I think we learned that Delon uh, Wright. <laughs> I think we learned that Dorian Vinny Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. was huge, except for that game six, right? Like he was massive in this series. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. can definitely play in a playoff series. I think that uh, we saw a lot from Trey Burke. He can play in a playoff series. We saw that uh, Maxi, I think, can play in a playoff series. These are these are things we kind of already knew going in, but the players we learned can't are Delon Wright, Justin Jackson, probably JJ Barea now. Mm-hmm. Right, especially against that Clippers team, but maybe you know it depends on the matchup going forward. I think we learned Boban can play in a playoff series. That that wasn't surprising. Um, but yeah, we learned that that you know Justin Jackson, Delon Wright can't play in a playoff series. At least the way that they're playing right now. Most people yeah. wouldn't. Most Mavericks fans wouldn't be surprised about that. But Delon Wright was a you know supposed to be a rotational piece. We thought he was going to be the starting point guard at the beginning of the season, and we've learned a lot about him this year and hopefully next year he bounces back and plays a lot better but the Mavericks have a big question there yeah I'd be man I would love to know like truth serum how front office felt like if they had to rank all of these guys who would be because you might like a guy let's just say Maxi, and say man he's right you know he's right at the top of that next tier of players on the roster but realistically if you're going to upgrade a spot on the team you're going to need somebody to put in the package that another team really wants so it's like, how far down the list are you willing that, you know, would you sacrifice a couple of those guys to upgrade one of the spots, but then you're giving another one of those guys lower down the list <laughs> more minutes, you know, like it's kind you're of You're explaining Donnie Nelson's job right now. This is why Donnie Nelson's job is hard, right? Yeah. And so that that would be, that's one of the biggest questions of the off season because, you know, it's not a huge free agent class. It's not like they're rolling in, you know, max money because we all expect Tim, we'll talk about roster stuff tomorrow, but it's how can they improve the roster? And it's probably going to have to be via trade or, you know, the, one of the exceptions. The last question I have is what kinds of players do the Mavericks need to add? We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I think it's, I think it's really simple. The Mavericks need wing defenders, you know, mm-hmm. prop one, probably two, right? Probably two solid wing defenders to go into rotation. They need, you know, a secondary ball handler creator that's going to be an upgrade from Trey Burke or Seth Curry or Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Some kind of upgrade to those kind of spots. This is if the team wants to, you know, win a title, right? Or get yeah. to the Western Conference Finals. This is the point that the Mavericks are at, right? The players the Mavericks have right now are serviceable, but they need to add, and I, I don't think Mavs fans would, you know, argue with that. The other thing they need to add is some kind of enforcer, some kind of, you know, tough guy. A player that, you know, is going to, you know, stick up for Luca that's going to come in and, you know, have a, like throw a hard foul right or be like the yeah. you know an enforcer kind of guy yes what whether whether it's a guard or a big man like it doesn't it, it doesn't matter what position right. it is they just need their oakley preferably you'd want that guy who is like a starter you to know, be a and, wing and, defender and, right a, a, yeah, a wing a defender three, enforcer three type of guy. guy yeah that can knock down the shot and you know get some shots in too that i mean honestly kp stepped in and i know did more getting in people's faces for Luca than anybody else in this series. So uh, it was, yeah, who's going to be that guy for the Mavericks moving forward? And it probably isn't on the roster. I think arguably my one of my bigger questions um, is KP's health. And yeah. I, I think, you know, we at least have to throw that. I know we're going to address that for a whole pod, you know, coming up soon. But, you know, you just can't help to you know, ask that. You know, when he... 
uh, talked to us, I guess it was right before game six, I want to say, talked to the media or, yeah, it was right before game six, I think. And it was on that off day and he talked about it and he was asked directly. He said, you know, how, how he feels. Is he worried about his injury history? And KB said, hey, things happen. He said both of these injuries were both contact related. It wasn't a, you know, non-contact or, you know, working out, whatever it was. He said it was contact freak injury type things when they both happen. And and he seems like he's in a good mindset about it. And, you know, optimist side, you view it like that. Hey, just two crazy things but you do have to wonder too because he has had some durability issues he is seven foot three this is you know the acl on one knee now the mcl which mcl is not the same level as acl i get it but still i think that is a question mark moving forward i know tim mcmahon you know wrote a, wrote a little bit about it for espn and stuff of can kp be healthy enough to be this the sidekick to luca and what does the dallas mavericks do to like help his role moving forward to not really make him injury. Well, I don't even know how to word it, but like, do they they change up his role in it? What can they do to, you know, to, to do what they did with Seth, with, you know, Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry came in, he had all these ankle injuries. One of the reasons why he had such a small contract, I think he signed four years for $44 million, right? Out of his rookie deal. And it was, it was because he had so many ankle injuries, he was missing so much time. And what the Warrior staff did was they worked on his hips, they worked on his core, they worked on his balance, and that helped his ankles out a lot. And the Mavericks need to figure out some way to help Porzingis, you know, avoid knee injuries in that same kind of vein. They need to figure out how to Steph Curry him, right? Like, Yeah, whether it's a of, change of role some, whether it's taking him out of the five spot some and playing him, you know, not in the paint where he's banging against some of these guys, whether it's which, giving him more rest, like an actual plan of Which I think they tried to do, year. right? I think they they, yeah. tr- they they you know he had some knee soreness problems at the, towards the end of the you know the beginning part of the regular season and so they they rested him for games and did some load management there. They also started Dwight Powell the whole season next to KP and so they they did that a lot as well. Yeah, so I mean I, this is everything the Mavericks are going to be entertaining I mean, this off season. Whatever I was going to say this summer, but it's not the summer. It's the fall. <laughs> this uh, but summer but hopefully is over. you know we're hoping. Media is hoping to talk to Rick Carlisle slash Donnie Nelson in the near future, and um, we'll see what they have to say about the offseason, too. So, Absolutely. We'll hear from them. We don't know when. It's going to be the next. The exit interviews are only going to be Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson, as far as we know. So whenever we hear from them, we'll let you guys know. We'll hear from them on the podcast. You'll hear audio. We're here all summer. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. I said summer again. Boom. Boom.